Well, hello and welcome back to the Nugsy Sportscast. I am your host, Jamie Nugabauer, as we enter into, uh, I guess, more of a busy work season for me, which actually makes doing podcasts and the like a little bit easier, uh, as opposed to, you know, spending time with my, my new daughter and my wife and, and other things. But I'm very glad to have uh, on the line um, a very special guest, uh, a guy I've known um, for over 30 years. Uh, we go way back. It is my brother, Matthew Nugabauer. <laughs> Matthew, so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Matthew, uh, you know, by the grace of the Lord above, was able to be in Toronto, the beautiful city that it is, for the uh, Footy Talks uh, meeting. I don't know what the official term is, something like that, where John Herdman, the head coach of the Canadian men's national soccer team, and four players uh, sat down with, uh, um, you know, a bunch of fans, I guess, and and Christian Jack of TSN uh, in Toronto and uh, talked ahead of the uh, tomorrow uh, night's uh, Nations League game against uh, the Cubans, who apparently, um, as far as I'm, I understand, Matthew, are not going to bring a, that different of a team than they did to the Gold Cup. Um, I guess just it's a simple matter of you know trying to pick guys that won't uh, run away. But uh, <laughs> there you go. Obviously, uh, you know there's a little bit of um, notoriety with Cuba and the English Premier League right now with. Uh, uh, there being a Cuban on the uh, Norwich team, actually, in the Premier League right now. But he's not there. And uh, it should be an easy win for Canada, if something only if something goes horribly wrong. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll let the give you the floor, Matthew. Uh, what were some of your impressions specifically of the opening chat uh, with John Herdman? So it was interesting. I actually want to start with the, the players just to get through that um, very briefly. Uh, just because then, because the, the real meat was with with Herdman. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'll switch things or flip the script a little bit there. Um, so, with the players, so it was uh, Jonathan David, um, Marco Carducci. They're, they're not not the order they were sitting in, but that's okay. Max Crippo and Juan Cordova. Um, Max Crippo and and Marco Carducci, both keepers. They. Uh, yeah, the, the main thing was you know talking about training with Milan Borian and the opportunity to do that. Christian Jack made a great comment that Milan Borian is actually one of the unheralded heroes of Canadian Canadian soccer, Canadian sports. Um, what he's been able to do with his clean sheets and um, being one of the, you know a dominant keeper in in his in his league there. Um, I mean, I'd say up there now already with Craig Forrest. I think that's, I don't think that's a big of a bit of a stretch given, given his club caliber. Um, so yeah. Uh, Crepo talking about training with him. Carducci specifically saying being the first uh, CPL call up to the Canadian national team, just lauding what the quality of that league is. And, and we could keep going on about that the great opportunity for him to learn that Boyan is actually taking time one-on-one to, to help out and hone their craft, both Crepo and Carducci uh, coming from different domestic league situations. They actually faced each other. I believe, I don't know if they faced each other uh, in that cavalry white caps uh, Canadian championship tie, but Crepo being the only bright spot, on the Whitecaps roster this year. So that that came out. Um, 
Jonathan David and Juan Cordova, this is a bit more of on the socio, sociological side, talking about how uh, for both of them, they feel very honored to be playing for Canada. Jonathan David specifically coming from Haiti, having actually a very similar story to Alfonso Davies and the, you know, the, the immigrant refugee experience then giving back to Canada what, what he has, Canada's given him and his family. And Juan Cordova, similar way, he's Chilean. He lives in Chile, he plays for a Chilean team. But his, his, his father lived in Steelers. Pardon? <laughs> Pittsburgh he plays Steelers. for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Ha ha ha. No, Chilean. It's <laughs> his like, logo looks exactly oh, like the okay, Pittsburgh no, Fair enough. Oh, yeah, I think I may have seen that. Anyway. Um, and so, yeah, that, you know, and you, you can take Juan Cordova's words, whichever way you want. Oh, he could have played for Chile. Well, maybe not good enough for Chile. Either way, very much spine it very positively, very clearly. Both of them very honored to be wearing the red and white, wearing the maple leaf. And it reminded me of that movement, the movement episode last year with Jonathan Osorio and Kadisha Buchanan. Similar story talking about the Canadian dream of maintaining your roots in the country you come from and also finding a home here in Canada. And so you know, Jonathan Osorio's family from Colombia, uh, for example. And so, again, similar to Alfonso Davies from uh, his story too. So I think that that might bring, it brings, it certainly brings a quality. I mean, Jonathan David and Juan Cordova and of course Alfonso Davies are very much very talented players to play in the Chilean league. That's nothing to sniff at. Um, you know, and we know, we, we know what, what Jonathan David's been able to do also. So, uh, yeah, the, a lot of good energy, good excitement and uh, pride in wearing the Maple Leaf and all four of those guys for maybe different reasons, but it was uh, it was interesting to see. So, I don't know, Jamie, what are, what are your responses? What do you think of those? Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, I think, I think, it's another example, uh, I guess, of how you know players these days are are trained to speak uh, in front of media and in front of crowds and stuff. So they didn't, you know, they didn't get you know the most candid guys who gave too much beef. Uh, I mean, on the bone, as it were. But you know, there you go. And I think hey, there's a, there's more interesting things to talk about. Yeah. You know, with what Herdman said, but uh, which you which you alluded to, and fair enough. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously you know, thrilled. And Jonathan David, I believe it was who said it, that, um, you know, they're, they are excited when they come into camp. They do feel like the family. They do feel like they're brothers. And, and Cripo said, you know, even though he wasn't even on the field, like the loss sat with him. And I think, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, I feel like there was a sense for so many years of the Canadian national team that Canadian national team players, they left. It didn't really matter. They don't care. Like they screwed, like things didn't go well. But, you know, it's just another time where, you know, they, they didn't get the job done and it doesn't matter. It didn't really sit with them. And, you know, one step of knowing somebody cares is if they, you know, they, they care that they lost. And, and so I think um, definitely Herdman, you know, for if, if you criticize him and we'll talk about him. But, um, you know, he's definitely instilled a culture that I think these guys don't even try to hide that they do care about each other. They care about results. They care about the jersey. And 
Um, and obviously on top of Herdman, you know, you got to give credit to guys like Atiba Hutchinson uh, coming in and Scott Arfield coming in and uh, Milan Bornian coming in and, and then sort of being buying into what uh, Herdman said, because if Herdman didn't have those guys support, then it would, none of it would have mattered. So, um, no, there you go. I would have loved to see, you know, Milan Bornian out there or something yeah. to hear to him. I don't think Atiba's in camp, but. You know, it'd be, it would have been interesting to have sort of a veteran at least up there. But, the, you know, there you go. You get you get kids to do the things that the, the vets don't necessarily want to do. So, <laughs> yeah, we we got, well, I was going to say we got what we, we paid for. It was a free event. But <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah, we got who we could get, right? And and Jonathan David and then Marco Carducci were, gave some extra time with autographs and selfies and things like that. So that, mm. that, that, was, that was part of it. Was It was an event. Uh, the Voyagers, I don't know if they were directly involved with the organizing it, but there was it was a good Voyagers contingent there. Speaking of meat on the bone, yeah, let's talk about John Herdman. I want to, there are three general things that stood out with in his interview with Christian Jack. Um, the first bit, he was, he got a bit autobiographical, or, well, Christian Jack asked him to be uh, biographical and um, bringing up his time in Sunderland and with the New Zealand, sorry, with the New Zealand women's national team, uh, Sunderland, he was really able to see just how much the England game. He said, word for word, at that time, the English game was so far behind, and because it was so entrenched as an old boys club, and if you were kind of an outsider, you just had no way to change, make any changes, and not, whatnot. I think that's definitely not the case anymore. Um, both in terms of the Premier League and with everything that Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola have been able to do, and then with the, with of course the the English national team, um, and their great success. I'd say, I, I you know, making the third place game is a great success for England at the World Cup. Um, so yeah, um, so there's that. But at the time, he really came up against things, and so went all the way across the world to New Zealand for the women's national team. And he made this interesting point that on the men's side, because Australia had uh, had switched to AFC, New Zealand had a very clear path to the World Cup. And there was then a lot of pressure on them and then a lot of egos. And yeah, so we go, we'll go into the women's side and uh, what you mentioned, they lose 10-0 and nobody would care. <laughs> and they're just yeah. first of all there was it, I, there was a this culture of just complete indifference to winning or losing and then but on the other hand he said that there was a clean slate for him to come in there without the pressure without these expectations and just say well i i have you know the the time maybe not the money but the time to do with these women what you know what kind of program I want to build here so because nobody's gonna say what are you doing with my precious cargo <laughs> you know um, mm-hmm. and so it's interesting a first opportunity for him to change that culture from uh, you know being indifferent about losing to I mean he, he can't help but care is the very much the impression we, we get from him overall and so that first experience he was also the technical director very long hours um, being you know, bringing the the New Zealand women's team up to speed so uh, just on those first little bit what do you think there 
Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting. I think, um, yeah, I, people are hard, hard. Like talk, he talked and I talk about fans and media and how quickly they jump on you. And, and, uh, I think, you know, people can say all oh, soccer is not important to this country. It is important to this country and the fans will let you know, and the fans mm-hmm. care about the men's national team. And I think your point, Matthew is definitely well taken, um, that he, you know, he's in a place where there's pressure. Um, but that's where you want to be, right? Is a place where there's pressure. That means that you're, there's expectation. That means that you know you're you're actually working towards something. Um, but yeah, I think there's not a lot of and not enough, uh, um, you know, not enough value placed on admitting when you're wrong, admitting when you make a mistake, and and willing to you know be honest. And obviously, John Herdman is a national team coach with a pretty good amount of slack. I feel like you know he talked about you know not like letting go of the England women's national team job. And yeah, that was a big deal. Um, yeah. And so, and so because he, you know, chose Canada over that. And I feel like, you know, the Canadian, you know, soccer people didn't want to lose him. That was a big part of that. Um, they, you know, they give, they, he does have some sort of sort of job security that other coaches don't have. And so he's able to say, Hey, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Like it is my fault, but that's not, that's not necessarily a, a luxury that other coaches have. Um, because that, you know, a perception like that might, you know, might sort of lead you down a line that, you know, kind of like I surrender, it's my fault, like here's an excuse to fire me kind of thing. Right. Um, but Herdman has that job security clearly with Canada soccer. And so fair enough. And kudos. And I think, you know, you need a coach that has time to to figure things out, get to know his players and stuff. And that's one thing that Canadian soccer coaches have not had is any sort of personality, any sort of, you know, credibility, um, <laughs> any sort of leash um as it were for years and um interesting he made a point about uh you know Octavio Zambrano and uh you know what Canada soccer wouldn't uh you know admit and things like that and he was very really kind of coy about you know kind of what happened for them to get rid of Zambrano well how much of that was like you know that fear of losing um Herdman in the system how much of it was actually Zambrano's I don't know what the word is uh indiscretions or whatever <laughs> yeah. i heard there was things that happened that zambrano was spending a lot of money on things that he shouldn't have and all this stuff but um you know off the charts thing and obviously to push it completely away from push the focus away from where herdman uh you know was why herdman was was hired as he were but anyways that's and that's ancient history at this point mm-hmm. gotta look uh, gotta look forward uh now and uh, and it's interesting uh, and uh, sorry for going so long here uh, I'll, I'll ask you actually matthew uh, alfonso davies and the comments about him your thoughts yeah so i want to put two things so the thing you were referring to is i probably the most interesting thing i've ever heard him say is uh, he actually was able to admit my ego got in the way in the last uh, last half, second half against Haiti, and uh, and yeah, fair enough. He has job security there. Still, though, I've never heard anyone in pro sports say admit my ego got in the way of objectivity. <laughs> that was mm. yeah. Even regardless of of where things are at in his in his career security, that was still extraordinary. Um, just to yeah, because I mean. Like that, we how often do we see coaches who clearly are doing or holding a course that everyone, I mean, everyone thinks is bonkers. I mean, I think of the hockey examples of uh, 
the uh, Pat Quinn and Brian Burrard and uh, Brian Murray and Jason Spezza, for example, but then Brendan Rogers and, you know, the, I'm sure the limited resources he had, but putting in Lucas Leva and Jaime Moreno and, you know, how, and it, it's an eye opener to say, how much do they hold the course because they don't want to look stupid when it holding the course makes them look stupid. Right. So mm. that's another thing that's really exciting me then going forward is um, he's far more prepared, far more aware of what gets in the way of his own tendencies. And, and what, yeah, what he said was he had all that pressure on him to make him, you know, to make the right decisions. And he, he froze up and a lot of other people did. And, and yeah, as you said, he cares about losing. He cares about winning. But he's also then going to make the going to have the objectivity to know what the right choice is. And the thing that gives me the most confident confidence about that, what you alluded to, it was almost a throwaway thing where he talked about Fonzie. Um, one of the things we know Herdman said says said a lot is these players have got to be getting minutes and they've got to be enjoying the game. And so, what isn't really happening with Fonzie and Bayern is, is He's not really getting minutes and he's playing as a fullback and not enjoying it. And uh, at the Gold Cup, he, he, you know, he had, you know, Herbin had him as a, this hybrid fullback, not enjoying it. So, I mean, he, he wasn't going to play his cards about where he's going to put him. We'll find that out tomorrow, um, either on the pitch or on the bench or who knows what. But at the very least, he said he wants to take the opportunity in the camp while he has the decision about what Alfonso Davies does to be in a place where he can, where in this player, you know, he's fun to watch when he's playing natural positions, he's fun to play. I'm sure he has fun playing. And so um, I don't fully know what that means. I mean, I'm going to suspect he's going to be up further forward and maybe more central. Um, given you know, he's had more success there. I don't know. I don't know if it's strictly central, maybe still right man or left man, left mid, but um, it was pretty clear to everyone watching that his, you know, he didn't, it didn't work out on the back line. So let's see, hopefully, yeah, hopefully the, that means the, 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 the chains are off and Fonzie's best instincts will be, uh, will be let loose. I don't know if that if that mm-hmm. tracks with what he's saying, but that's what what everything Herbin said gave me hope. Not just and not just with Cuba, but going forward with the even I mean the pressure of facing the Americans. That's going to be our you know the Mex the Mexico game in the Gold Cup. We um, kind of rode off as a trial sort of okay if we lose three nil great but we need results against the us you know, to go forward so what do you think <laughs> yeah well yeah like i agree with a lot of things you said i think the if you look at the squad that they picked um and you know i'm sure you know lucas cavallini's you know got some strain and tiring playing in the league mx and all that um so he you know it's interesting that he's He's withdrawn. 
and that means that this will be a little bit of an easier window in terms of selection. But you know, the, the problem for Herdman remains that you know between Jonathan David, Lucas Cavallini, Alfonso Davies, and Junior Hoylet, uh, he really wants all four of those guys on the field in our best eleven, right? Uh, so then how do you do that? You can't play four forwards. <laughs> so then it's like, where, you know, who, who, who do you fit? Who's the most informed? And, and obviously he's brought in, you know, Tesho Akindele, who's been very good actually when I've seen him for Orlando this year. And, um, you know, obviously Kyle Lahren, Liam Miller too. So there's a lot of attacking options and you say it's good to have options. It's good to have options. It's also tough, when, you know, to know where to, where to fit people in, um, with, uh, being healthy, on the back line with Cordova being invited to camp with Larea being invited this time. Um, he actually has fullback options now. Right. It's a big deal. Um, I, the interesting thing about uh, all, all three of those guys is their natural right backs um, is as far as I remember uh, about at a Kugby, but so there's three, three right backs in camp at least, but anyways, there you go. They've had Orlando's tried to shove Kamal Miller in fullback and Will Johnson in fullback as well. So, Pretty interesting Orlando connections going on here with Canada, but uh, yeah, you yeah, know. But back to your point about Alfonso, you know, there's there's one way of hearing it, I guess, where you said, you know, he's got to be playing and he's got to be, you know, in the in this in the team and and you know having fun, and and that's true. And what I hear heard, I guess maybe it was a little different, was yeah. <laughs> that uh, maybe Alfonso Davies' attitude isn't as good as everybody says it is, and. Um, maybe he let being a Bayern player go to his head a little bit and, you know, oh, he's got to be in the position that Alfonso Davies wants. And the fact that he shut off mentally, it wasn't like I'm trying hard, but I don't understand the position. Like it was uh, like I, he shut off because he wasn't having fun playing fullback, a.k.a. I don't want to play fullback. I'm a big deal. Right. So that I, that's kind of how I kind of heard it negatively. Maybe I'm like jaded by my time you know, <laughs> with, with junior hockey teams, but um, so I was kind of disappointed to hear that kind of way, but maybe I, maybe I guess it's a nuanced way he said it and maybe I'll show yeah. people the benefit of the doubt. But, um, either way, I agree. I think, especially with no Cavallini, um, we're going to see Davies, you know, up on the wing of David in the middle and, uh, and Hoylet on the wing, especially against the USA. Not sure it matters. You know, you throw all those midfielders and forwards, and a big jumble against Cuba, and we're probably going to get the three points. Let's hope, yeah. especially in Toronto. Yeah, um, and then it's not in Cuba at least, so the away game is not in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a neutral site game again. So we, you know, if it's not six points from these two games, then 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 German German's job might start to be getting in trouble. Um, you know, Mark Anthony K. Um, you know, good for him. You know, all star, and again, he keeps teams really committed still and. Yeah. Um, you know, there you go. And then you throw Steven Vittorias back in after, you know, playing in the Portuguese top league. So that's pretty cool. And Borian coming all the way from, from Serbia to, to play. Man, I wish, I wish the Canadian basketball team was, was watching these guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Christian Jack made that point. He, when he talking to Jonathan David, he, yeah, he contrasted that, you know, the Canadian basketball team failing to make the Olympics because nobody showed up. But, you know, we, that's, we're, he said we're, we're very much blessed in this sport to yeah. have that commitment. Yeah. And also like windows and the way the season works is different than. And yeah. The there's a bunch of things. Going on, and, you know, I think, you know, there's just a different, different person, you know, that's, but that, that, that again, like the Turks have gotten lots of their basketball players. Uh, yeah. Like the Australians haven't gotten all their players, but if we had, 
at least five NBA players. Like I think Australia has like five NBA players in the World Cup at least. You know, five out of nineteen isn't isn't great, but it's not. It would be better than like two. <laughs> but anyways, that's another conversation. But yeah. uh, anyways, I'm excited. Are you excited to uh, to go see a national team game with the Voyagers? Yeah. It's gonna be my my first international game. I've never seen uh, first you know a, a senior men's national team. Um, I don't know if I've seen a senior women's team. We went to the U twenty World Cup in two thousand seven. That was that was fun. But this is gonna be yeah, and for some marbles and um, your competitive football a year after the World Cup you know, is. is important i mean yeah this this is the new era and christian and this was actually a question from a fan um why aren't we doing more friendlies and jamaica played a bunch of friendlies and christian himself said actually the the idea of an international friendly that doesn't have any meaning is is going by the wayside so looking forward to seeing some competitive football international wearing my uh canada jersey sitting you know standing not sitting Standing in the same south end that I would for TFC, um, mm-hmm. but in a bit of a different thing. That that'll be yeah. It's easy if it's Cuba. Uh, if I end up going to the U.S. game and Josie and Bradley are on the pitch, that'll be <laughs> that'll be that'll be difficult for a second. But um, yeah, definitely excited for tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, you're right. We hopefully we get the job done. Um, good six points. I, given the roster, given who we've got, I'd say two points against the U.S. is, is doable. With results, you know, both here and Columbus. I believe it's in Columbus, right? Uh, are, are, mm-hmm. I think we can. We'd have to grind it out. Oh, but I, think we can do it. I think it's to be determined, I think, where the U.S. game is. Oh, we don't know. Okay. I thought for some reason – oh, maybe there was a time someone talking about a TFC away game. But, okay. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I think given – given our roster, given our form, given how both teams have this mix now of MLS and Europe, obviously, well, no, it's not obvious that we don't have Christian Pulisic, right? We have players at least coming sort of to that quality. You know, again, if Fonzie had his time. Um, and and that, is, that is an interesting point. I mean, it could have been just to, to switch back into that conversation. Um, could have been Herbman coaching from with the microphone in his hand, right? Is saying, you know, uh, yeah, the ability to read up between the lines there. We don't know. Yeah, like you said, he he has there's the more space to um, from the players are arrested or whatnot. So he'll play forward. I, you know, I don't know if he'll necessarily play the full 90 he might do you think he well here's a question do you think alfonso davies starts tomorrow night uh yeah i do i don't see why not yeah i i think i think they'll go all guns a blazing and then maybe take him off if they're up for nothing or something but okay fair enough so i think i think john herdman's not in a place to to play around like you know true and one thing <laughs> i'll not say about the cubans Mm-hmm. They were terrible at the Gold Cup, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, they're going to have some pride. Like they will, and they got yeah. embarrassed by everybody at the Gold Cup. So I'm not expecting them to win, but mm-hmm. I think if Herdman comes in wading into the sh- the shallow end of the water, 
Yeah, no, it's a good point. Then we've, we've got to go for the jugular for minute one. But anyways, anyways, Matthew, I hope it's uh, great. I think I need to get going here. But okay. um, this has been the uh, Nugsy Sports Cast. I'm Jamie Nugabauer, joined by Matthew Nugabauer today. Thank you so much for joining me, Matthew. Glad to be on. Hopefully, be on uh, to, to wrap up this international break next time. We'll see. <laughs>